Hi, I'm Janet Shield Scott, and you're listening to JanetFitBeautyStyle.com, a lifestyle talk guide with expert advice on beauty, fashion, wellness, real estate, entertainment, and fun celebrity secrets. Hello, and welcome to each and every one of you. I'm your host, Janet Shield Scott. Today's special guest is Dr. Teresa Taylor Williams, CEO and publisher of the popular New York Trend lifestyle newspaper in New York City. Teresa, she'll be here discussing how her deceased husband's double life betrayal and her heart wrenching scare of breast cancer turned into a book titled Death of a Good Girl. But first, let's get to our inspiring quotes for today. This one is from Lucinda Cross, marketing consultant on Instagram. Queens don't compete. They adjust one another's crowns. For more inspiring quotes, log on to my Instagram page or my Facebook page, Janet Shields Scott. I'd like to give a mention to PassPros.com, a great website for all your sports memorabilia. You are listening to a Janet Shields Scott podcast. Our special guest today is Dr. Teresa Williams, mother, CEO, and publisher of the popular New York Trend newspaper, which is in New York City. Uh, And she's here to share how she rose above her deceased husband, well, her husband at the time, husband's deep deception of a double life while battling a heart-wrenching health scare of breast cancer. Um, Say hello to everyone, Teresa, Dr. Teresa. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be talking to you, Janet, and thank you for inviting me. Yeah, and thank you for being here. And towards the end, I'd like for everyone to know how you played a part in in, uh, in my life uh, back in New York uh, a while back. But before we get into any of that, first, let's talk about what's been happening with you here. Now, we uh-huh. say that uh, you were going through this deep deception of your husband's double life, but it didn't start out like that, did it? No. Um, you know, Janet... I, my husband was an exceptional person. He was uh, a great father and a great partner. He was a great supporter of all of my efforts. And he was very successful as being one of the top and few um, black men who uh, rose on Wall Street. Yeah, I remember and, that. And I remember how he doted on you as well. Yes. Well, everybody remembers that. Um, we were both entrepreneurs and, and he fostered that entrepreneurial spirit in me. In fact, he was, you know, my my right hand and my support um, for me starting New York Trend and encouraging me to go out on my own and start my own newspaper um, almost 32 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, what we did have in our marriage was friendship and trust. And I trusted him 100%, or as much as anyone could trust someone, because he had earned that trust. Mm -hmm. He earned that trust. He maintained that trust. He was about family, um, our children, and me. Mm -hmm. And then you have, what, three children? I have three children. I have Mm -hmm. uh, two girls and a son. All right. And what age are they at? 
Um, my son is now 31, mm-hmm. and my daughters are 25. They're twins, if you remember. Oh, yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Okay, uh, now let's, so that's, it started out wonderful uh, with all the great accolades in terms of a marriage, like you said, the friendship, which is something that I hope that we all uh, would strive for in our marriages is to have our uh, mate as our best friend. But then it took a turn. Well, um, it was a long time before it took a turn. We we met as friends, and we were friends and colleagues for about two years. And then we were married for 30 years. So out of a whole 32 years of some kind of association, I would really say that there were, this happened very quickly. Um, it was short-lived. And um, if I put a time frame on it, it was probably not two years. Uh, it was maybe less than a year and a half of um you know, his, his betrayal. Mm -hmm. But, um, I did not find out about any of this until after he was, um, had passed and was buried. I don't want to say that it was a shock and I was ignorant to the fact that something was going on, but it was a shock. I was not ignorant, but it was not something that I was suspect of. So it was not out of his normal behavior to have women who are associates or, men who are associates and that this is exactly what I understood to be going on. Okay, but then, and then you said that, because uh, I was reading in your uh, excerpts from your uh, to-be-published book that um, you received... Yes, Death a, of the Good Girl. Yeah, so you received um, a call, though, from a pair, from some, uh, I guess from that woman and the paramedics was there or something? Um... Said, oh yeah, because because uh, yes. I I like the part where you said, and then the paramedic, uh, because when she had you on the phone, you said something to the nature, or you could hear the paramedic say, "Well, if she's the wife, then who is she?" and and then you went on to say, um, "You're a hoe." <laughs> I just like okay, who <laughs> kills marriages, which is another excerpt from that paragraph. Well, um, those are two different. Um, chapters in the book, Death of the Good Girl. When I thought of the title saying it was Death of the Good Girl, I really did mean that the good girl was dead. And um, to address the first issue is that um, I found out that, well, my husband had gone on a business trip, which was, again, within his normal range of activities and nothing to be suspicious of. And He was away for the weekend and we talked every day. And so I picked up the phone that day. The phone call was kind of late because usually we speak in the morning and I think it was about noon. And when I picked up the phone, it was not him on the other end. It was um, someone screaming in the phone telling me um, about my husband. And that from what I could decipher, he had collapsed and the paramedics were there trying to revive him. And so um, that went on for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I just asked them to please tell me when he was breathing again and what hospital they were taking him to. And so I would say that that lasted maybe about 40 minutes of 
them coming back and telling me, you know, we're still working on him. And then at the termination of that time, um, the paramedic came back on and said, um, well, I, are you coming over here? And I said, well, I'm not in this state. You know, I'm here in New York. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I hate to give you bad news over the phone. But he said, but wait, before I say this, who are you? And they had not asked me that in the entire conversation. I said, I'm his wife. And he said, if you're his wife, then who is she? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he then told me that my husband's heart had uh, was flat and they were calling the morgue. And at that point, um, I collapsed in the street. Um, I was over a friend's house and um, I just collapsed. So what was going through your wait, wait, what was going through your mind though during that time and when you got that call from this strange woman? Um the call was the, the person identified themselves as, you know, uh someone who was working with my husband who was in the same town and they had um a project that they would uh either I'm talking about or and where was this what town was this this was in in georgia mm-hmm. this was in and so um i wasn't sure what was the relationship and you know my husband traveled all over the world and i did not piggyback him to ask are you talking to a secretary are you talking to an assistant Mm-hmm. Um, is this person related to, you know, your business on Wall Street? Because businessmen travel and he has always done it. Um, I accompanied him when, you know, I was able to and everything was very out in the open. Yeah, um, so but I imagine at this time though, getting that call and then you just kinda thought, well, the most important thing is what's happening with your husband. As I was in a walking coma. Mm-hmm. Um, now what you read was Um, part of the excerpts from a book that I've written called Death of the Good Girl. And it chronicles uh, my life and uh, the situation surrounding this incident and talks about uh, my survival and the many things that I've I've faced and and I think I've conquered. Um, it, It is something that really brings together how one person can be hit with so many, um, I don't know if you want to call it tragedies or, mm-hmm. or horrors in their life. Uh, because I just want to say to update before I finish this, that, um, I was diagnosed, you know, people ask me, what did you know during those months? And like, you asked me what, how, what was I feeling when my husband was, had, was, I was told my husband was, was dead. Um, I had also had on my mind so many other things. I had been recently out of the hospital. Um, a month before my husband died, I was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer yes. and had the mastectomy. And 30 days after that, then my husband drops dead. Mm. And so it was a confluence of events. And so I was just, the shock was just permeated by you know, his, his untimely death and then wondering if I'm going to live. Um, I had children to take care of. Mm -hmm. And so now going on to part of what you read was a 
excerpt from an additional chapter um, where I just, I don't think that I was even directing it at this person that um, got pushed themselves into my home. You know, not uh, literally, but right. uh, figuratively. Right. You know, and I wrote about how if you if you have a slight crack, if you have a slight crack, if your door is opened, and it's just a crack, you know, anything can come in. And I equated that to well, I had a crack in my home and I didn't know about it, and someone pushed their way in. And so I thought about how, you know. We tried to be, and I have always tried to be, a very, uh, I was raised to be a very polite, professional, um, well-mannered little girl that grew into a a well-mannered and polite woman. And so there were certain things that I did not say. There were words that I was not allowed to say. And there were words I never used in my life. But you know, Janet, when we're pushed up against a wall and you find out that you're in a fight or a battle for your life, for your survival, for your children, and you, you, things are swirling around you. You have people coming at you and then you don't know who your enemies are. Yeah, that's true. And, and I did not know anything about this person then I had to go on lockdown. I had to go into a mode I had never experienced before because I had multiple battles I was fighting. I was fighting for my life. And I was fighting forces that I did not know what their power was. How close were they to me? Um, Was this someone, a friend? Was this, I I didn't know any of that. Okay, so so, when did, because you you, you said that uh, you had the call, then he... He, he died, and then you said you found out later. Yeah. Um, okay. So when was the moment, because you're saying that you had this crack, and wait, let's kind of rewind to there. What was that crack when you say that if you have a crack in your life or your relationship? What type of crack are you speaking of? Good question. I felt like there was a crack created by normal circumstances within the framework of how we both operated and the demands of our lives and our professions. And not to make excuses, but, you know, living with a a partner or a a spouse who's on Wall Street, you talk to anyone who's the partner or spouse of someone on Wall Street, and you know the roller coaster ride. And at that time, in 2007, 2008, the market was tanking. And we were going into the housing crash. Um, the market was, was uh, you know, taking severe hits. And so the life of a, a stockbroker, anyone in the financial businesses, they ride that wave. You know, you have great highs and you have great lows. And, you know, as best friends and, and business partners, I always listened and I was always there to advise him. And I think that, he was going through a period where, um, after being on Wall Street for over 30 years, he, w- he was tired. Mm-hmm. And he, the battling the discrimination, I mean, a 30-year career on Wall Street for a black man is exceptional. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I lived that life with him. And so, you know, we don't know, you know, as a clinical therapist, I, I counsel people who, 
you know, are, are trying to rectify problems at work versus not bringing them home. And, and he did not ever want to upset me. And I think that in his way of maybe trying to protect our family and protect me, he just sort of kept this to himself. Mm-hmm. And I could see that, you know, he'd been stressed before. We've been through two market crashes, Black Friday. Um, I could tell when he was highly stressed, but he always talked to me about it. And with me not being myself and not making excuses again, but I just was not, I wasn't present. And so maybe something that he thought he could bring to me. I mean, I I could have died. You know, Mm -hmm. this breast cancer came out of the blue. Um, It was a very serious tumor. And so it was just a multitude of events. and so, so were there any of, signs, though, that uh, uh, what were some of the signs that you may have seen that you just kind of brushed it aside that maybe things were different in your relationship where he might turn to another woman? I did, yeah, I didn't see any signs of relationship issues, but I did see signs of him being more fatigued and more tired than usual. Um, talking about, which he had never talked about before, you know, maybe retiring from Wall Street. Um, the travel was getting to him. He was traveling more than ever because he was working on things internationally. And, you know, uh, good financiers, they always prepare for, well, when Wall Street is not doing well, what's the next step? And so I did not see things uh specifically wrong in our relationship but i did see them as far as his work situation mm-hmm. was concerned and and he had been on wall street a long time as i said he was older now you know mm-hmm. you start when you're in your 20s then now you're in your 50s and, right so um, you think also that um sometimes they say that as you get older that midlife crisis that kind of thing could have popped in there i think so absolutely I think that he was primed age for a midlife crisis. Um, like I say, I counsel um, family and uh, I do family and marriage therapy. And um, you can see when men are going through that. Um, and I think they go through it worse than we do. And we don't mm-hmm. suspect that, you know, I'm losing my hair. Um, my belly's getting a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and they become less confident and they start to become very focused on their physical appearance and you know am I attractive anymore well I know she loves me because she's been with me for 32 years but is anybody really attracted to me anymore mm-hmm. you know should I use hair dye should I dye my mustache should I uh, they're, they're trying to kill themselves in the gym and and men go many ways some mm-hmm. go and mm-hmm. you know get that Porsche or that sports car and that's their midlife crisis or a motorcycle and then others, you know, test the waters or they get a wink or a smile from someone who doesn't care that you're balding and your your belly's a little big. Right. They have a different agenda. So then you found out, um, you said after he passed, how did you find out that um, this one, other woman existed? Well, I found out because there was um, a correspondence. And um, in opening that correspondence, which I can't specifically talk about right now, um, what was in that correspondence uh, from a a government uh, agency alerted me to information that um, 
then let me know that something else had been going on. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can't say what that was? Not ex- I can't say exactly what it was. Oh, okay. All right. And so then when you got that, what were your thoughts and feelings when you received that correspondence? <sighs> Again, I was, I was in shock. There was a new attitude that I had to take on. I now was the sole protector of my home and my children and my life. Um, I would take no prisoners. The shock of the, of what had happened and, you know, with my husband just dropping dead and, and realizing that he had been involved with someone on some level. Um, people asked me, you know, how did you get through the breast cancer? And I said, well... I don't. I just went and did what they told me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but he you was had there. all this weighing on your mind because a lot of times when you're um, that uh, going through a lot of uh, turmoil in your life can have an effect on your health as well. Well, you're right. Also about that because uh, I had had a, a clear mammogram. Um, probably two months, three or four months before I was diagnosed. But um, I just was not as healthy as I had normally been. And I guess, you know, the my sixth sense was telling me that something was wrong and I was worried about him. Um, I had lost a tremendous a lot, a lot of weight. And uh, my doctor said, you know, women do get breast cancer like any other illness from just the breakdown of your body and your immune system. Mm -hmm. And he said I was like a poster child for that. Well, and what did your your kids think about all this, too? That was when they found out about their dad and and then also what you were going through. um, They were devastated. They were devastated and in shock like I was. Um, Being a mental health professional, I, I got them all into counseling and therapy. Um, and we were all diagnosed at one point or another with uh, PTSD, Mm. um, because of the shock that we had experienced. And so, you know, they're all fine now. That's good. That's good because, and it's good that you did that because sometimes people go through things and, uh, uh, and they go through different turmoils in their life and they say, oh, I don't need to go get therapy or I don't need to do this. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great that you addressed it and that you uh, did get the help for it because it's okay to, to yeah. go and get help. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it really is. What What is your life's lesson from this? Hmm. That's a really good question. I don't know why it's asked me that. Um, I think I've learned a few lessons. I think the first lesson I've learned is that um, we get very comfortable and secure in our lives. And, um, you know, sometimes we think, okay, this can happen to someone else, but this can't happen to me. Um, I thought I, I would, I never thought I would have breast cancer because, you know, sometimes from a health point, of you, we think that, well, doesn't our mom have to have it or our grandma have to have it? And the answer is no. 
So if I learned the lesson uh, related to health, is that we can contract anything. And um, so that little tip tells every woman to go and please take care of your health and follow up with your exam. And where are you um, now with that, with your health? Uh, my doctor said um, several years ago that I could say that I had beat it. Right, um, right. I've been absolutely clear for almost a decade. Mm. Um, I'm very happy about that. But I kept up with my visits, and um, that's what we all should do. Um, the second lesson, I think, is that I've learned is that um, I had more strength than I realized. And I've been stronger than I knew I was. And um, the third lesson is that you, you never stop fighting and defending what's yours. Um, and the final lesson, I think, would be that, you know, we have to have something that we depend upon. And the only reason that I am sounding like I am and my life has come to what it is now is that God had another plan. And then also I understand that... Uh... Lifetime and some other networks were shopping uh, your story, wanting to yes. help you tell. And uh, how's what's happening with that? Well, it was Lifetime Inside Edition and um, Investigation Discovery. Lifetime came to me multiple times over about two or three years. Um, Investigation Discovery and Inside Edition wanted to follow me around for a day and you know, see the life by story. But I didn't want to, I was not in the frame of mind at that time. That was very early on in what had happened, probably after like the second and third year. And being in the media, I know how things are twisted and how things are chopped and edited. And I didn't have any creative input into it. So do you think in the near future that would be possible to uh, go back as long as you have the creative control with Lifetime or some of the other networks? Absolutely. Okay, so where can we, um, do you have like any social handles that the listeners can follow up on to see when your book is coming out and, and your movie? Absolutely. Um, along with New York Trend, the hard copy publication, um, they can inbox me um, on Facebook, and that's under my name. Also, we have a Facebook page set up called Death of the Good Girl, and you can inbox us there. And you can also meet, um, contact me directly by going to nytrend at aol.com, which is New York Trends email address. Okay, and then you said you have a Facebook under your name. Is that under Dr. Teresa Williams or Teresa? Taylor Williams. Oh, Dr. Teresa Taylor Williams. Teresa, okay. And then uh, New York Trend is newyorktrendnyc.com. All right. Yeah. So I want to also kind of close this out because I, I remember Ann Brown with Ann Brown Media. Um, uh -huh. And the two of you actually were a great input in my life when I lived in New York, when I first moved to New York back in the late 80s. And um, here I'm going to go because Ann would always go. She was your editor at the time of the New York Trend. And I believe you were also published in, you were in, uh, your circulation was in L.A. and, and one of the islands yes. as well. Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. And um, 
You say at the end of your book here, um, I believe your success is measured by the effort you made to reach out, grab a hand, and give someone else a chance to achieve. And I must say that you gave that to me because you pu published my first Celebrity Beauty and Fitness column, which was um, at that time one of the first columns of its kind done by a beauty professional. Uh, and so your uh, magazine was the first, and so I can say that I am uh, applaud you and congratulate you on the things that you're doing now. And, and I, I think it's great that you're still standing and you're a strong, beautiful woman. Oh, thank you, Janet. I mean, you know, when we first met, I I was happy to to extend New York Trend, and really that's the basis of why New York Trend, I believe, has, you know, is still standing because. I just wanted to mentor young journalists and I wanted to help people who were like you, who I have a product, I need a, a venue for it, I need copy, come on, let's go. Yeah. And, and you, I don't think that... And like you said, any, you said New uh, York trend, so you were trending things that people really weren't doing because yes. no one was doing celebrity beauty and fitness back then. No, no. <laughs> you, were, you were a pioneer in that, Janet. And... You know, uh, so and I you just, helped to lay the groundwork for that pioneering. <laughs> well, I am, I am really, really happy to hear those words. Um, I always take a compliment, but never a thank you. It was my absolute pleasure to do that for you, and I'm continuing to. I always invite people to just write in or send in. Why not get started with me? Mm -hmm. And over the thirty years. Um, I've had so many young people and and professionals come back and say, you know, you let me in when no one else let me in. And one other thing I want to say is that I ran a journalistic program for in, young women interns. And so many of my interns are in great positions now. One of my best interns is my daughter, oh. uh, Anastasia Williams. She is a producer at um, Good Morning America. Wonderful. And she always says, I... You, New York Trend was my first stop, and without you, Mom, I would not be here. That's beautiful. Uh, yes, well, mm -hmm. I thank you, and thank you to your listeners, yes. and um, you have a blessed day. You've been listening to JanetTheBeautyStyle.com, your beauty, entertainment, and lifestyle expert talk guide. I'm Janet Shieldscott, columnist, radio, and TV host. You can like me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, oh, and YouTube for more fun and informative yes and celebrity interviews. Log on to the website JanetPitBeautyStyle.com. Remember to love, laugh, and live your life with style. As we end this, let's take a moment to relax. Take a deep breath, inhale, and exhale. Again, inhale and exhale. As you go throughout the day, stop and take a pause. Chill and relax. Please keep in mind that all things which are impossible with man are possible with God.